Welcome to Larpenter Life, the podcast about HP St. Paul in the 80s and 90s. I'm your host, Dave Carey. So I got up there and I was doing these pirouettes and all kinds of things, you know, and if I was driving, I'd go one way, but I'm going to tell you guys a different way. (laughs) Get pulled over by the police and uh, they said, sir, do you know why I'm pulling you over? (laughs) It's like, no. This is episode 16, and my guest today is Kevin Dumay. Kevin's got some great stories. If you missed any of the previous episode, well, by now, you know what to do. So here's my discussion with Kevin. Well, this is a discussion that I've been looking forward to for a really long time because today's guest on Larpenter Life is my good friend, Kevin DeMay. Kevin and I worked together for a very long time. Kevin, thanks a lot for joining me today. Dave, I can't think of anywhere else that I'd rather be. That's And that's the truth. Mm, not so sure about that, but uh, we'll accept that at face value <laughs> for the moment. Uh, you know, you and I worked together for quite a long time. Do you remember what year you started? I know you used to have a photographic memory and you've told me lately that, uh, maybe it's not quite photographic, but maybe it's at least artistic. <laughs> can, you, <laughs> can you remember when you started? I do. It was approximately April 14th of 1983. Wow. That's, that's pretty good. So that was, uh, two months before me. That sounds about right. Yeah. And we sat across the aisle from each other for uh, quite a number of years and we worked on all sorts of things together. So you were an SE for quite a number of years. And then at the tail end of your career at HP, you switched over to sales. Yep. You know, there's all kinds of things we could talk about, about HP and the HP way and the culture and the Larpenter office and all that. But I kind of rather get into some of these stories (laughs) right away that sounds like a good idea and i think actually dave the 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 people who you've interviewed before me have done a fantastic job of talking about you know what the hp way was about to them and you know um what it means and how people got along and all of that stuff so it's it's been great hearing those uh those interviews and and you know great for me to listen to the the reminiscing that's occurred well, it's been a lot of fun, and this one will be a little different because, you know, we've shared a whole bunch of stories together, and I I don't know if this will be interesting to everybody else, but we'll find out, I guess. Um, <laughs> and there's certainly stories that um, have to remain in the vault, just to say, but um, there's some we can share. And I can remember one, you know, we worked together on mm-hmm. quite a few things, and I can remember one that we'll start out with that we're probably going to have to tell um, both of us tell the story a little bit. Um, do you remember going to Chippewa Falls to talk to a prospective customer about uh, the image database? I do. I don't. I don't remember what we went there to talk about. <laughs> and there are other parts of it that I don't remember. But I do remember the ride out. I do remember the ride back, and I do remember getting kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So we we went out there. It was you and me and Dan Berg and Barb Stinnett. And we all rode in Dan's car. And yep. you and I were going to talk to him about image database. And we were supposed to spend the whole day in a technical briefing with them. And what did we spend? Maybe an hour? <laughs> I don't even know if it was that long, Dave. Yeah. We were invited to leave. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't come right home. I mean, it was, I don't know, it was maybe lunchtime. I know we ate lunch because we stopped at a bar yep. in Chippewa Falls. Chippewa Falls, that's right. And what time do you think we ended up leaving? Oh, boy. I would say it was at least uh, 7 o'clock at least when we left. And I recall very vividly you had to be back that night. I, don't, I think like at 8 o'clock or something because you were playing volleyball. And you were you were just insanely worried. Oh, Vicky's going to be so mad at me, you know. Then um, I don't think we made it. I don't think you made it that night, Dave. I don't think you? we left before the game started. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we made it home when it was still the same day. Technically, <laughs> I just remember along the way um, deciding that. Uh, of all of us, uh, I was probably in the best condition to drive and trying to find a way to get behind the wheel, which I eventually did. <laughs> and I lost you guys along the way a couple of times. But <laughs> yeah, we made a few stops on the way home, as far as I remember, too. Yeah. I think we had to we had to stop and get dinner at McDonald's. I remember that, too. <laughs> yeah. Dinner about 11, 11 p.m. So. <laughs> anyway, that was that was that was quite a trip. Uh, that's for sure. I wonder if uh, we'll have to, when I talk to Barb again, I'll have to make sure if she remembers that one. Oh, I'm sure she will. Yeah. I'm sure she will. Yeah. But that was, uh, that was an interesting day. And they're the only, the only people that ever asked about what is the access time and spin rate on your disk drives. I mean, it was crazy. Some of the questions they asked. What's interesting about that particular customer is that, um, I guess you could say eventually we won their business because um, we now, uh, we, when I say we, HPE acquired that company. <laughs> no. Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I guess we showed them, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. It all started with us back in whatever it was, 84 or something. So, yeah. Um, I remember another image, I think it was image. And uh, do you remember transact that we had a, we had a programming yes. language. So I remember yes. you doing a presentation with Bruce Jones also a <laughs> different customer. So it was, it was a, uh, actually a community, Minneapolis community development, MCDA was the customer. And um, we were talking about transact as a programming language and an image and uh, Bruce was there to talk about image because he was, you know, the really technical guy. And I was kind of the, the pre-sales uh, demo dolly, so to speak, to get things started and whatnot. And I recall vividly, I'm in front and I was, was talking about just touching on the database before introducing Bruce. And I used the term data suppository. And Bruce is kind of in the back of the room and he is just, trying to keep from laughing so hard. And I knew as soon as I said that word, oops, that wasn't the right word. Do you think the customer knew you meant repository or did they just miss it? They just totally missed it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so hard to keep a straight face because Bruce just you know, could hardly help from himself from laughing. 
but yeah, that was, uh, that was, and we ended up winning that too. Part of the deal was they, they gave us a half a day. I think it was four hours and came in and watched us. And we had to actually build a database, program things and transact. And it's like, I had just taken a class like a month before. And I was like the worst programmer. We're probably the, the, the dumbest technician of everybody, all the SEs. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, how are we going to do this? But we ended up getting the deal. That's amazing. You know, I remember Bruce telling me uh, he had to get up there to do his his image part. And when you said it was the suppository, he said he got up there and he wasn't sure if the customer, you know, had caught on to that sort of verbal typo. <laughs> so he says that the he says image, you know, it just keeps running and running and running. <laughs> and he said <laughs> <laughs> Once you said suppository, he knew he was going to say that, and uh, he didn't. I don't think that they ever caught on <laughs> to that. Oh. It's pretty good, you know. Everybody has got, especially everybody in a sales or or pre-sales role, has got one of these stories where they they got up in front of customer and just you know their their mind and their brain weren't their brain and their mouth weren't connected. <laughs> you know, just, yep. It happens. And then we, you know, a lot of things seem to happen when we were traveling, either either with a customer or for something internal. And I'm going to try to see if there's any of these stories that we can actually share here. I remember um, you and I went out to Reno one time um, on a, and this was not a, this was not a vacation trip. This was a. No. It was like, do you remember the, what it was? Perform- yeah, PTC, Performance Technology something or other. And uh, it was uh, to learn about performance consulting and how to do performance consulting and tools that were available and th- things like that. And it was in Reno, like you said. Why that was and, in Reno? I have no idea. But... <laughs> yeah. Well, it was a good place for us. Some of, Most of you probably know that I grew up in Las Vegas. I lived in Vegas from 69 to 79. And so one of the, the, the things that I did when I was in high school was I learned how to play craps. And, and in, in Vegas, you had to be 21 all the time, even though the drinking age may have been 18, you had to be 21 to go in and play craps. Well, when I was in high school, it was actually cheaper for me to go and play craps. They had dime craps in downtown Henderson than it was to go to a movie. So I you know, learned how to play craps at the age of like 17, 18, something like that. And so when we were in Reno together, you and I ended up going into one of the casinos there on the corner. And so, why, Dave, why don't you you continue this story, if you would, please? Okay, I will a little bit, because I didn't know how to play craps. And, I, you know, I was like, hey, let's go play some blackjack. And you go, you're like, blackjack? That's boring. You know, you, you know, you don't get to whoop and holler the way you do in craps. I'm like, I don't know how to play craps. And he said, you got a $20 bill? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, we're going to play all night. And so we went to downtown Reno, not even like one of the nicer hotels, just a, a crappy little casino. <laughs> I think the, the casino probably was like, I don't know, maybe 20 feet by 20 feet. It was <laughs> you know, small. It really was small. small. Yeah. There's one craps one table. One crap table. Yep. There's not a person. There's a craps table and a bunch of slot machines. Not a person in the whole casino you know, it's like one of these sidewalk things. And we went walking by and said, this is perfect. Come on in. You got, we got $20 worth of dime chips, 10 cent chips. And that's a lot of chips. You know, you feel like oh, a yeah. high roller. 
And so you proceeded to teach me about, about craps and how to play it. And, uh, and, you know, you, one of the key things when you play with you, you know, you're not going to just play, you're going to, you're going to have a good time while you're playing. That's the entertainment value. And you got, you have a name for every, every role has its own name and there's all these customs and you're whooping and hollering. So we're starting to make, it's the two of us in this place. We're starting to make a big noise. People were hearing it walking by. Before we know it, the whole table is full of people and they're not betting dime chips. (laughs) They're betting a lot more and we're whooping hollering and the casino people just loved us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We were gods. We were gods. Yep. And I've loved craps ever since. I owe you a great debt for that. (laughs) It's been wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. I'm going to have to cash in on that one. I also remember that. you and me and John Aiken and Mark Dankers had a lot of fun playing golf. And, you know, whenever we had the opportunity, a conference or a class or a meeting or something, we'd go out a day or two early and we had a little, well, you could say it was a friendly rivalry. And it was always John and I versus you and Mark. And, um, yep. That was, we'd always have to have a little bit of a debate over exactly what the rules were going to be in place this time. Yep. And I just remember one time we went down to somewhere in Florida. I don't really remember uh, where we were, but I I had made a tea time with a strategic advantage for me and John, which was I made a 7 a.m. tea time (laughs) on a Sunday morning. We went out, our conference started on Monday. We went out there on Saturday. You know, of course we went out out on Saturday night, but then we had this 7 a.m. tea time. And I recall that uh, John and I were in a whole lot better shape for for that. But do you remember what happened at the beginning of that? Oh, I definitely do. Yeah. Even even though things might have been a little foggy in my head, I remember distinctly what happened on the first tee. Mr. Dankers gets up on the tee and it just so happens that he, his, his, like, what was it his best, one of his best friends or a roommate, roommate from college, I think was there. And he, and he happened to, to be there watching us. And Mark takes a, a, a you know, puts his tea, tea in the ground, puts the ball on, takes his first swing and just royally misses the ball. I mean, he wasn't even close. And so his buddy says to him, Mark, how many balls do you see? And Mark looked at him and responded, two. You know, Mark was always quick with the responses. I mean, you can't get by this guy. And so his friend said, well, then, darn it. He says, why don't you hit the other ball? Mark looked at him like, well, that's a good idea. Proceeded to drive it about 250 yards down the middle of the fairway. Maybe more. <laughs> yeah, maybe more. Maybe. I, I don't. I, could be. Turns around and says, just carry me for the first three holes. And I'm going, oh, my God. In my head, I'm thinking. I don't even know if I can, if, if I could, you know, carry you at all for any holes, Mark. <laughs> so do you remember how it ended up? In my memory, we won, but that, of course, may have no bearing on reality. <laughs> but I, I will say this about Mark is that under that pressure, whenever it was, it was a drive, a putt you had to make, a, a, a short iron shot or something. You know, we had you up against the wall. Mark would always, even in bad shape, you know, it was 7 a.m. Yeah. and he was not in the greatest shape, but he got there. No, and he saw two balls, but he hit the right one. <laughs> and, and he yeah. probably hit the best drive of his life. I mean, he, he would always <laughs> come through like that. 
Um, so it w- it made for a good story, but damn, if he doesn't, uh, he doesn't come through on it. So, yep. I also remember you and I taking a class down in Kansas city one time and, mm-hmm. you know, after, after class, we, we went off to, uh, we went off, off for a beer at a bar and we ended up winning a contest. That's right, Dave. Yeah. And that's, it's actually at that, that, that bar in Kansas city, um, was the first time I ever saw Foster's beer in what I called oil cans that night. <laughs> These things had to be 32 ounce. They were huge. They were huge. And like you said, there was a contest there and it had to do with identifying musicians, name of the song, you know, those sorts of things. And you and I used to play a game when we were in the car whereby we'd switch the radio stations and the first one to guess either the name of the song or the artist of the song, you know, got a point. And we'd do this for like, you know, 20 minutes wherever we were driving, just nonstop flipping them. There was some sort of trivia and you and I both knew the answer. We run up there, tell them the answer and I go, ding, 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 you win, you know? And it's like, well, what did we win? You win. Was it three or four tickets? I, think it was four. Four tickets I don't remember. Yeah. To, to uh, the Kansas City Royals baseball game that night. And so we decided, oh, we got to go to the game. So it was, we had a great time at the game from what I recall. I do too. I, I know Greg Newcomb was with, was with us. I don't remember who the fourth one was. But, yeah. Um, yeah, we did have, we did have some fun. We, we, we managed to get out of there with our, <laughs> with our skins. <laughs> it was another late night. And sure enough, next morning in class, you show up and, you know, you got there on time. You always did. Well, the, the, the HP motto when I was introduced what, to HP was you work hard, which all of us really did, and you play hard. And I took that to the hill. Yeah, you did. <laughs> and you always had a good time, no matter what you were doing. You had a good time. And I, I just thought of this, Kevin, is uh, another time you and I, what were we taking? We were taking a project management class. This is another baseball story. And we were in Chicago. And oh, yeah. We decided we wanted to go. We went, now, this is before GPS or anything. So I, we were yep. like in Naperville or something. And we decided we're yep. going to go to a Cubs game. Yep. And, you know, neither of us knew what we were, where we were going or anything. We, get lo- we thought, you're like, it's on Addison Avenue. And we start driving in. And I think we saw a sign for it or something. And we get off and we're nowhere near Wrigley Field or something. And we stopped. You me- do you remember <laughs> talking to the guy? Yeah, Jerry, Jerry, Jerry was with us. Jerry Gerbero. Yeah. Yeah. She was with us too. And we pulled over and asked somebody for directions. And this guy kind of looks at us. He looks in the car at all three of us, sticks his head in, kind of scratches his chin. He says, well, he says, if I was driving, I'd go one way, but I'm going to tell you guys a different way. <laughs> he says, so he, he tells us how to go. And then he eventually says, and you get down there and you get to this one place and you make a lap and then another lap and then a third lap and you can't miss it. It's a big brick building. And sure <laughs> enough, he was right. And we got there. We did. <laughs> yep. It's a big brick building. He looked at us like, oh, my God, you, you're thinking that this is where Wrigley Field You're a little is. out of the way, buddy. The, you got to be the dumbest guys in the world. I got to tell you the simplest way there. <laughs> 
Well, and that class was actually a negotiating class. Oh, yeah. And were you with me when I got pulled over by the police? Oh, yes, I was. So, so, so we get pulled. And I don't know if it was, I don't think it was on the way to the game. I think it was a different time, but it was the same trip. Get pulled over by the police. And uh, they said, sir, do you know why I'm pulling you over? It's like, no. And uh, he says, let me see your you know, license. I'll go through the whole thing. And he goes, well, he says, uh, the problem is, is that uh, your license plate doesn't match the car. And I go, oh, my God, you're kidding. He goes, no. I was, well, this is a rental car, right? And so anyway, everything turned out fine. He let us go. And so because it was a negotiating class, one of the things they taught us was you must ask. If you want to get something, you got to ask, you know, ask questions about it. So we get to the to the airport to turn the car in, and I thought, gosh, you know, HP's invested all in this all this money in us. May as well try to take advantage of of the situation here. And so, I I told them this kind of lied a little bit, but it, part of it was true. I said, you know what? We were so embarrassed. I was so personally embarrassed. We got pulled over by the police because this car has a license uh, plate that does not match the the registration. Oh, I was pulled over. I was late. You know, we were going somewhere. It was late and it was just so embarrassing. And, and it's like, what are you going to do for me? And I just left it open ended like that. They gave me a free weekend of a car and then I didn't have to pay for the, the extra gas and I don't know, $50 off or something. I mean, it was great. It's like, oh, this really does work. Yeah. <laughs> you use the class right away. It's funny that you mentioned being personally embarrassed because I don't think you have ever been personally embarrassed about anything <laughs> that I can remember. And I can remember at one time um, you being on stage when maybe other people would have been embarrassed, but but you didn't. I think you and Mark were both on stage originally. Can you remember that story? I do. Yes, we were in, I think it was Fort Lauderdale for, this is a huge HP sales thing. There must have been out of 5,000, it was, it was over a thousand. It was, it was a lot of people that were in this place from, you know, all over the country for HP. And they had a, uh, not a ventriloquist, uh, hypnotist, a hypnotist. That's right. They had a hypnotist up there. And so they asked for volunteers from the crowd. And so Mark went up there. I went up there. Patty Davis went up there. Gosh, I forget Dave's last name. He was a sales rep. He went up there. Dave Settle. Dave Settle. That's exactly Dave Settle went up there. So anyway, they, they probably had initially 20 people on stage. Mark and I are sitting next to each other. And, you know, we're up there to get hypnotized. And and Mark, it's like on the way walking up, he goes, he's, it's like, there's no way I'm getting hypnotized, you know. <laughs> and I'm laughing and we're, we're talking back and forth. And so they were weeding people out. They got, the hypnotist is trying to determine, you know, which of these people really are, you know, kind of persuade, have, have persuasive uh, abilities to where, you know, I can hypnotize them. So Mark and I, again, are kind of, you know, while he's talking, we're talking under our breath to each other. Well, he kicks Mark off right away. <laughs> I don't know why, why he picked him instead of me, but Mark leaves, few other people leave. And, and so uh, Dave, speaking of, of Dave Settle, Dave got up there and he told, told Dave that you're a policeman. And so Dave was actually up there directing traffic. And I mean, he, he was hypnotized. I was sure of it. He gets to me and he, he tells me that I am a ballerina. Well, my daughter, Jill, 
she actually had danced from the time she was three until she was like, uh, well, she majored in dance, went to UNLV out, out in Las Vegas. And so I'd spent enough time watching dance that I knew some of the moves. So I got up there and I was doing these pirouettes and all kinds of things, you know, and, and uh, the next day, this guy that, that I don't know, he sees me walk into the conference and he says, uh, Hey, he says, weren't you, weren't you that guy that, that was hypnotized last night, the, the, the ballerina. Right. And I, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you know what, were, were, did that really work? Were you really hypnotized? And I looked at him, you know, and I said, would I have done what I did? Were I not hypnotized? <laughs> <laughs> so he knew what, he was sure I was hypnotized. Yeah. I remember just absolutely dying in the audience <laughs> that night. You know, that's what I mean. You just nothing would embarrass you. That was <laughs> that was incredible. So Kevin, another time when you were traveling, I wasn't here for this one, but I I remember you telling me something about uh Dan Berg's vehicle one time. Oh, yeah, so uh, we were out, I was out with um, Mark Dankers, and I think it was a 3M visit, vis- I know it was a 3M visit, but I think it's like all these people, you know, from 3M, it was a, it was a, a, a pretty good sized visit. And so we had to go out early, of course, to, you know, prep all the people that were going to be speaking and whatnot. And we get back one night after dinner and, and uh, whatnot, and we get to our Cupertino Inn you know, place that we're, we're staying, we're parking the car and Mark notices, Oh, that's, that's Dan Berg's car there. Well, Dan, who was our manager or my manager, not, not, uh, um, Mark's, but my manager at the time, he had, had rented this really hot little red sports car. I don't know what kind of car it was, but it was a relatively small two seater, you know, red convertible and it's dark at night, you know, and it, Rick, Greenwood was with us. It was me, Mark Dankers, and Rick Greenwood. And Rick was a customer then. We get out of we get out of the car, and Mark says, "Hey, he says, uh, have you guys ever bounced a car?" And Rick and I look at each other, and it's like, "Bounced a car? I I have no idea. We had no idea what he was talking about." He goes, "Yeah, we can move this car." He says, "I think we should move it, and I'll park, you know, here, and the, we'll we'll put the car between my car and." that dumpster right there and he won't be able to get out in the morning and we go well this is a great idea but i don't know how we're going to move the car he goes well just get well you know let's go back to the bumper and we started lifting it up and you know everybody pushes down and then pulls up at the same time and when you pull up because you're, you just push down the the um shocks are going to raise the car and whatnot and lo and behold we could actually move it and and you you know literally bounce the car so we bounced the car so that in the end, it was situated between the dumpster and another car. So there's no way he could get out in the morning. <laughs> and we thought this was so funny. So anyway, we're in the process of bouncing the car. It's pretty late at night. And after like the second bounce, we hear this noise. And it scared the heck out of us. And we look up. Some guy gets out of the dumpster. <laughs> we're scared to death. He's scared to death of us. And, and so he, we said, what are you doing? And, you know, he could have said the same thing to us. And he goes, oh, I work here. And we go, oh, my God, we're in trouble now. And it's like, well, what are you doing? He goes, well, one of our customers had phoned in and they lost their wedding ring. And this guy's out there looking through the trash 
for a wedding ring. <laughs> and so we just end up ignoring each other. He continues on with what he's doing. We continued on bouncing that car. <laughs> just never mind us. We're just moving this little sports car right next to your dumpster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I want to talk about uh, one other story, and that has to do with uh, fantasy football. Now, this was very different than the current current era. And I mean, now you want to play fantasy football, you just sign up for something online, everybody logs in, it automatically keeps your scores, all that. But back then, there was no internet. So we were doing it by phone, we were looking at in USA Today for scores and all that. And so I don't know, it's maybe the second year that we did it. Uh, we decided uh, we have to make this a little bit more technical. Do you remember that night? I do very vividly, Dave. I remember it. And so you and me and Bruce Jones again, we put together an application. And so Bruce did the database. Of course, he was the image guy. You did all the programming in the front end, I think. And then I did all of the reporting um, afterwards. And so, I mean, we, we spent probably several weeks, you know, after work putting this together and uh, we got to the night that we were going to have the draft and the application, it had a countdown, you know, in the first round, you had 60 seconds to pick in the sec second round, you had 120. And so you could see the seconds falling off. Anyway, we build it, you and I, to try to get people to show up as a night of technological wonder. <laughs> so we're up in the, up in the front. We're, we're probably, I don't know how many, you know, picks, maybe like we're, we're, we're 10 picks into it. All of a sudden on our, our, terminal screens the message comes across backup beginning in 15 minutes please <laughs> log off and you and i look at each other with huge eyes it's like oh my god we can't they can't do that <laughs> right and this was this is back in the days when i mean so this was running on an hp 3000 that we had yeah. up in the front using v plus an image and you know i don't remember what language it was written in Maybe transact even, who knows, but, oh. <laughs> uh, but it was, you know, and we just took care of the, you know, all the backups and stuff like that ourselves back then. This was before there was Comsys and all that other stuff that ended up, you know, you know, professionalizing all that. It was before all of that. So it was our own backup routine that was, that was running. And you, I remember we had given everybody such instructions like we've got a counter. You can't yeah. miss your, yeah. you know, your pick or it, the program's going to go on. But once that hit, you and I just bolted out of there <laughs> into the computer room. Trying to got, shut that we, off. They cannot do backup tonight. No way. Yeah. No backup <laughs> so, tonight. Got to do fantasy football. It was a lot of fun. There's something else I remember about that night. I hope Jerry Gerbero is listening because Jerry was, um, she, she was one of the few females. She might've been the only female in the league. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not probably. sure. Yeah. Probably. And man, was she a good sport? Cause after the, I remember after the draft where we ended up after that draft was the lamplighter, <laughs> the whole, everybody in the league went down to the lamplighter, including Jerry. <laughs> and, uh, we, we got a big table in the back. We were talking about the draft and she's like, aren't you guys supposed to be like, up at up at the front <laughs> and here you are like you're already making trades and stuff you're not even looking at the entertainment here she was uh she was really a, a good sport about that it was a very different different era 
Um, yeah. Well, Kevin, one thing that uh, I definitely want to say is that, you know, we've talked about a whole bunch of stories. It makes us sound like a, kind of a bunch of imbeciles, which in a way we were young. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but I have to tell you, um, you know, we've alluded to it now. I mean, whatever the schedule was, no matter, you know, you always wanted to have a good time, but whatever the schedule was, you always made it. Whatever the customer commitment was, you always kept it. Always. The things that you, um, that I learned from you, I'm still using today, even in retirement. Work, there, there were so many good people, but uh, at, at HP. So Kevin, why don't you, uh, before we wrap up here, why don't you tell us a little bit about where you are now, what you're doing now, life after HP a little bit, you know, how are things going? Well, Julie and I moved uh, to Las Vegas. So I've kind of come full circle. Um, we moved here in 2015 and love it out here. Our daughter, Jill, lives out here and she's got uh, two daughters who are six and four, and we live within 20 minutes of each other. And so uh, we get to see the kids fr- quite frequently. And it's just so awesome to be a part of their life and, you know, watching them grow up and, and whatnot. We live in a 55 plus retirement community and it's huge. The, there are about 7,400 homes here and over 11,000 people that live here. And it's, I'm in the men's golf club and I'm one of the officers in the golf club and golf a couple of times a week, most of the time. And both Julie and I are also in two performing arts clubs. So I've always loved music like you, Dave. And I uh, spent some time when I was young, learning how to play the piano a little bit. I had two years of piano lessons and kind of taught myself how to play guitar throughout my whole life. Uh, But once we got retired, then I could really devote, you know, time to music. So that's really my, my, I guess, first love overall outside of uh, work uh, and family, of course, and friends, but spent time in learning more so how to play the guitar and sing. And so both of us are in these performing arts clubs, which do um, shows for, for people. And it's been really fun getting to kind of hone those skills. Well, uh, that's a perfect uh, way to exit, Kevin, because um, you were kind enough to share with me uh, a while back. Some of uh, you were taking a class, I think, on some sort of uh, music production, and you created something. And I said, you know what? When I interview you, I want to use that. So that's going to be our little outro music here. And um, I just want to say uh, I've really enjoyed talking to you today, and I really appreciate you joining us and. Hopefully it won't be too long before we can figure out a way to get together somehow. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for listening. Larpenter Life is produced solely by me, Dave Carey. It's not affiliated or sponsored by HP in any way. Maybe you've got a story or two that you'd like to tell, or maybe you just got a musical song that you've produced and you love the tremendous exposure that this podcast could give you. If so, please send me an email at larpenderlife at gmail.com. And so now let's listen to a little bit more of Timba by Kevin Dumay on our way out. Until next time, take care everybody.